This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, this is Anthony Fasano, and this is the show for engineers and technical professionals who want to succeed in both work and life. All right, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Aaron Khan, one of our listeners from Australia, on some really awesome topics that he emailed me about. I had to have him on the show when I read these questions, and I think they're going to be really helpful for you, talking about value and social skills and climbing the ladder in your company and how you can really do that quickly. Before we get into the main segment of our show, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode. If you're thinking about taking the FEPE or SE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. Industry-respected instructors, comprehensive exam coverage, and community support. These are a few reasons you should enroll in one of PPI's live online review courses for the FEPE and SE exams, including three new courses developed for the updated 2017 Mechanical PE exam. Enroll today at ppi2pass.com. All right, so now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode so you get to know a little bit about him before we dive into the conversation. Aaron works for a small company that has placed him as a resource in one of the world's largest automotive companies as powertrain calibration engineer. He is a determined and passionate engineer who gives special attention on cultivating relationships, understanding the fundamentals, and pushing engineering technology to its limits. He completed a master-level capstone project and was selected as lead engineer of the Formula SAE engine team. He has a proven record with implementing new technological advancements, applying fundamentals to achieve excellent results. The ability to lead others in work is an integral part of a team. Aaron is currently working as a powertrain engineer at the Ford Proving Grounds and also currently completing a master's degree in numerical simulation in engineering. All right, so now I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us right in to the conversation between Aaron and I. When you look at people who are successful, you will find that they aren't the people who are motivated, but have consistency in their motivation. That's from Arsene Wenger, and you're going to hear that recurring theme throughout the episode. So let's do it. All right, now it's time to jump into the main segment of today's episode And today I have one of our listeners, Aaron from Australia, on the line with me here. And Aaron sent in some great questions that we're going to walk through on the episode that I believe will help all of our listeners. Aaron, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Hi, Anthony. Thank you very much. It's good to be on. All right, Aaron. So you sent me in five questions that I thought were great questions. We're going to run through them here together, and hopefully I can help you work through them. And our listeners in the process will get some great information as well. So. You ready to go, Aaron? Yes, I am. The first question was how to balance the social aspect with your commitment to be successful. I find that resources are very superficial at best 
and they don't really target the issue. So, Aaron, tell me more about that question. I think the issue really uh, underlines the fact that, you know, I've got my career aspect of it and always get invited, you know, to go out and things like that. But it's just hard to commit to those social activities, given, you know, I'm studying outside of my normal work hours. And normally that requires a lot of um, time and commitment over the weekends. And I find that if I do commit to those social activities, I sort of miss out on sort of things I need to do for either my university course or work as well. And I'm sort of trying to balance between that. And I find it really very difficult on how to, you know, still maintain a good, healthy life while as well as trying to reach my career aspirations. And that's what I'm really struggling with at the moment. That's understandable for sure, especially with busy schedules and all, all sorts of commitments that we all have. I think one of the things that you can think about potentially trying to do is is I do think that there are a lot of resources out there that aren't helpful, but I think that there are some that can be helpful. And one example for me, like I remember picking up uh, Dale Carnegie's audiobook, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and listening to it on my car rides, which is helpful, but then the key is, is transferring it back to the job. So what I found to be helpful was to really making it a point to practice those skills during the workday in actual conversations. You don't have to go to extra social networking events to network. You're communicating with people every day on a regular basis. So you can try to use some of the skills that you can learn in these everyday interactions. That can help you. I mean, the bottom line is, is that there's really no way to improve unless you're actually going to practice it. To speak to what your concerns are is if there's any way that you can practice this on the job, that's going to be helpful. Otherwise, I agree with you. You try to do too many things outside of work. And it's going to really make you less productive because you're just going to get too tired. I do find that just in terms of practicing it, because I think I just got that book for Christmas. So it's a, a good way to start reading that book as well. I think it was one of the books I think I listened previously on your podcast and some, one, one of the books on my list to do now to read. In terms of practicing it, you sort of mean sort of in terms of the way I communicate and, uh, and approach, you know, higher level management. Is that what you're trying to get at or? Really anything, Aaron. Like, for example, if you're going to make a phone call when you're at work, before you get on the phone, you could break for a minute or two and say, listen, I'm going to make this call. My vision for the call or what I want to get out of the call is this. What do I need to apply from Dale Carnegie or the podcast or what do I need to apply to try to make that happen? Kind of slowing down a little bit during the day and maybe taking a minute or two to think about how you can implement some of these learning tools or skills into the workday so that like you don't have to worry about going home at night and going to a networking event because you just practiced it on five phone calls today at work. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Sort of, sort of take small steps and approach it like you would any in the real situation. Exactly. Because I think part of the problem a lot of times with our personal development efforts is we think that they need to be done on their own at a separate time and it's going to add more time where in reality, the best way to practice it is to practice it right there live during the day. Listen, it's not going to be perfect the first 20 times probably, but the only way to do it is just to do it. And then you don't have to worry about how am I going to practice outside of work? That doesn't make sense. So hopefully that'll help with that one. Let's jump into number two. The second question you had was being able to be persistent in achieving your goals. Is it as simple as having a routine? What I would say to this question is, Yes, it is as simple as having a routine, but you have to make sure of two things. One, you have to make sure that that goal 
is really important to you because otherwise you're not going to be interested in taking any steps towards it. And secondly, you have to have identified the right steps to get you to that goal. Otherwise, your routine is going to help you to be very efficient, but you're not going to be very effective because you're going to be doing these things every day, but they're not necessarily going to be bringing you closer to your goal. And let's just say, for example, one of your goals is to practice some of these social skills. Then if I were you, what I would do is I would come up with a list of things that I need to do to improve. Could be listening to books or whatever on your commute, reading, could be implementation during the workday, maybe five actions a day to implement these skills. And then I would do that every day. If any of that's off, the planning is off, then the routine isn't necessarily going to be helpful. Do you get what I'm saying? More targeted approach and sort of selecting KPIs, I guess, that's actually going to have an impact on your goals. Make sure that's properly planned out and there's a direct result between practice and reality, I think. So we're trying to drive at there. That's exactly right. And for those of you listening, Aaron mentioned KPIs, which mean a key performance indicators. You could think of any kind of measurements that you want to measure to determine if you're moving towards your goals. I'll give you a really good example of this because I'm rereading one of my favorite books right now, which is The Five Laws That Determine All of Life's Outcomes by Brett Harward. Brett was the speaker at one of our summits. His second rule is the law of frequency. And what he says is that you need to fail faster in your career and in your life to be more successful. So the example that he gave was he hired someone for his business, a salesperson. The guy hadn't made any sales in the first two months. Then he gave him another couple months, four months, gave him another couple months, six months. Finally, after 10 or 11 months, he fired the guy. It took him 11 or 12 months to figure that out and then hire someone else, whereas if he would have done it at three or four months, it would have cut his frequency in half and would have helped him to be more successful. So the point of the story is that when you're trying to determine what your steps are to achieve your goals, you might have five things you want to do to move towards your goals. You have to keep an eye and measure your results with those items because if they're not working, you need to try other steps towards your goal. And I think that that's where not just engineers, but really everybody struggles is because if they happen to get to the point where they have identified a goal and they put the plan together, which is a big hurdle in itself, then as you're going towards your goal, you need to have regular checkups. And otherwise, you'll never know if you're off track. So I hope that's helpful, Aaron, with respect to that question. Yeah, it really is. Thank you for that. Question number three, life is never planned out. How do you keep on track with the addition of unplanned events occurring in your life? And I think that this is a perfect question because engineers have to deal with all kinds of fires that come up during the day. We all have our personal items that come up every day. For me, what I try to do, Aaron, is I try to create space in my day, in my planning for these unexpected situations. You kind of have to. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. If you have your goals and your action steps prioritized, Aaron, you're going to know that in a pinch, there's a couple of things that you can let go because you have to deal with other more pressing situations. So I think it's a combination of things. I think that I always leave pockets of my day where the calendar's empty because I know that there's going to be things that are going to come up. The other side of that, like I said, is if you have a really good career plan or a really good project plan on one of your projects per se, and you know you have to do 10 things and you know the order of importance, then when something comes up, you can either say, I can't deal with my bottom five tasks today because I got to deal with this. What I've actually found that in doing that, Aaron, is that 
sometimes you may realize that a bunch of those tasks, really, you don't even have to be doing them at all because they're not really that important. Sometimes these unexpected situations can help us to be better at prioritizing and weed out some of the tasks that aren't that important. Does that make sense? It does. Sort of my follow-up question possibly might be is if those tasks keep getting sort of delayed and delayed for other things that might come up in the future while at work or outside of work, is there a way sort of around that to prevent it from becoming forgotten, I guess, and never get it done? Yeah, I think there is a way. I think there's a couple of things you can do. One of them is you can look at it and say, depending on the task itself, is it something that you can train or teach someone else to do on your team? Because if you're not getting to it repeatedly, then it's just a sign that it's just not fitting into your schedule for whatever reason and you need to make adjustments. So that's one option. The other option would be that you need to look at the bigger picture altogether. And in fact, this is the process that I'm going through right now myself. I usually do this around the holidays, planning for the new year is take a look at everything on your plate and try to figure out if things continue to get pushed, Aaron, then that means that obviously there's too many things going on for you. You need to determine where can you cut stuff or where can you get help from someone else or how can you set up your schedule so that this thing doesn't get pushed all the time, even if there is an emergency. If something is repeatedly getting pushed off, Aaron, then it's not a mistake or it's not something that's going to happen one time. It's just going to keep happening for a reason. So then you need to dig a little bit deeper and you need to make more permanent adjustments to be able to handle that situation. And that's really like where you get the true mark of someone who's being really successful because if you allow that to keep happening to you over and over, then that's your fault. Well, listen, this task that I have to do every week, I keep pushing it off every week. I never get it done. Well, then there's something going on there. Either number one, you don't like the task. Number two, you just don't have enough time for it. So you kind of have to dig deeper. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, but it's a good way of approaching it, I guess, and sort of looking at it a little bit deeper into the reason why you're not completing the task. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, like, for example, a lot of times with the finances or bookkeeping type tasks, I'll notice that they always get pushed off for me. And really, probably the reason is, is I'm not really crazy about doing it. So I either need to say, we've got to get this done, or I've got to say, you got to get someone who's better at those things to help you do it. That's an approach. It's a very important question, though, by Aaron, because we all deal with trying to fit everything into your schedule. All right, next question is value. Is it as simple as asking your employer, how do I bring more value to your company? Aaron's asking, like, can you just ask your boss? I mean, the answer to that question is kind of a yes and no. Yes, I think you should ask that question of your employer for all of you out there. If you can, if you feel comfortable with it, going up to them and saying, how can I bring more value to the company? I really want to be a partner in my company. What value do I need to deliver to do that? Whatever you're trying to, to strive for. On top of that, you need to think about, can you then accomplish that? If someone starts saying, well, bring more value, you got to bring in more work. Well, can you do that? And if not, then you got to go back to what we talked about, Aaron, in the first question, and you need to learn and you need to apply and you need to keep going. I do think that the answer is yes, you should ask your employer, but the bottom line is it comes down to doing it and you're going to have to deliver. Have you had any experience with this, Aaron? I have initially in sort of asking what I needed to do to perform well at my job and then also in my sort of one-on-one -on -one meetings with my supervisor would be 
get a good update on you know how my traveling is ending and improve on so I've, I've done it in that sense but I haven't really specifically gone out of my way of actually going okay so this is where I want to be in two three years time how do I get there or what characteristic traits do I show my day-to-day work for me to get to that position I think it's probably where I haven't gone to that step yet and did you find that the company is more than willing to share information with you I think they're sort of more used to the engineer that because it's sort of you have that older generation of engineers where I work they don't actually take the career into their own hand they sort of just sort of go through the motions so I think for them it's a little bit more refreshing that someone comes out and actually asks and take charge of their own career and actively participates in you know where they want to go and set goals and achieves them so I think they were surprised by that I think that's sort of the message I got from them yeah, absolutely. That's a great point that Aaron makes is that when you ask your company what it takes for you to be successful or how can you bring more value to the company, it's not something you should be ashamed of or afraid to ask. In fact, think about it from the other side. If it's your company, if you're an owner, if you're a partner, if you're a department manager, and someone's asking you that question, that tells you that they want to work. You know, they're interested in improving, working, growing. And that would excite me as a manager. I know sometimes it might feel difficult to ask that question, but you have to think about it from the other person's perspective. It's going to give you an edge in itself just asking the question. And then, of course, like I said before, you've got to implement and you've got to deliver. It's going to be a big positive for you, for sure. The fifth question that Aaron sent in was, the biggest challenge of networking is how do I bring in potential clients to my company? And is there another way of moving up in the industry? This is a good one, Aaron, and this is one I think that all engineers are probably thinking about in their careers. And my answer to the first question of how do you bring in clients through networking, and I really think the answer is you have to be a resource to those people, period. When you think about networking, it absolutely cannot be about thinking about getting them as clients or selling to these people. It has to be thinking about being a resource to them. And I give the example sometimes of when I was a civil engineer doing design work, there was an architect who did a lot of green school design. And what I would do was whenever I saw articles on green school design, I would email him an article and say, Hey Mike, here's some great information. I thought you might like it. And I was just being a resource. And while I wasn't asking for business when they needed a civil engineer, nine times out of 10, they would call me up or call our company up because I kind of stayed in front of them. I was always a value to them. If you're bringing value to people, they're going to want to come back to you because really they're not going to be able to afford not to, because they know that you're a valuable individual, you're a valuable engineer, and they, of course, want that value. That's the first question. Does that make sense? The way in which you provided them a resource, was that through email, LinkedIn, or was that through any other method? Or It was through email, actually. In those situations, like if I had found an article, at the time, I don't think LinkedIn was as big, so I was using email, but LinkedIn could work as well. It's just being there. Someone's going to say, wow, this guy's got good information. He's on top of his game, et cetera. So that's one part of it. And then your second question there, the follow-up question, I think is an important one is, is there another way of moving up in the industry? I'm sure there are other ways to move up. I don't think that'll happen as fast. Like for example, as an engineer, you could be a great design engineer. You could be a really good project manager, which could potentially, of course, move you up the ladder. If someone's out there literally bringing in revenue to a company, it's hard to not accelerate their advancement. It's hard for the company not to do that because you're becoming a literal lifeline of the company. That's why it's so powerful. So 
I'm certainly not going to sit here and say you have to bring in money, you have to bring in business to advance your career. But I definitely think, Aaron, it puts you on the fast track for sure. Okay. It's sort of trying to be one of the heart of the company, I guess. It's trying to get to that point. Are you sort of going that avenue in terms of getting fast tracking your, uh, your career, I guess? Exactly. Because if you think about it, what I talk a lot about a lot is the 80-20 principle, which is basically says that 80% of the results you generate in your career are going to come from 20% of your efforts. So if you looked at all the things you did throughout your career, I guarantee you that if you were able to bring in work for your company, it would be one of those tasks that contributed the most to your advancement. I mean, think about it. Your company runs on money. Like without profits, without revenue, they're not going anywhere. That's how they grow. If you can directly add to that growth, then you're immediately putting yourself ahead of a lot of other people. While there's no doubt that designing a project and finishing projects can bring repeat work, it can bring indirect revenue. From my experience, Aaron, it doesn't seem to have the same effect as if you're delivering paying clients. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's sort of that impact, that direct impact of the company that I can see. It affects the bottom line, I guess. It's sort of, I think that's a recurring theme, the bottom line. Exactly. I mean, they might say, Aaron just brought in this company that's paying us $100,000 for this project. And even better yet, we think that we may get three or four more projects like this out of this company. That's a different perspective if they say, well, Aaron had a good year this year. He managed a couple of projects on time and under budget. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, because it's sort of um, making the company prosper a lot more, I guess, sort of, and, and sort of going out there and trying to grow the company both financially and sort of increase their resources. And honestly, Aaron, because it's not that easy to do that, that also makes it a very desired talent and a desired skill for companies since a lot of engineers can't do this seller doer type of work that they call it. And that is exactly why it's another reason that it accelerates you. Because if you now have that skill and they can see that, then they're going to make sure that you stay with their company because they know that it's rare. That does seem quite rare, actually, finding an engineer that can do that seller doer type of attitude, I guess. Listen, when it comes to value and resources and all the stuff that we're talking about, I mean, the bottom line is that you have a certain amount of skills and they're stacking you up against everybody else. And if they start to say, well, geez, Aaron can network, he's bringing in business, he has these abilities to be a good engineer on top of all this stuff, then they're saying, all right, we've got to take care of Aaron, we've got to promote him and we've got to keep him happy. So it's kind of like you have this whole package that you're building. The more skills you have, the better. Now, that being said, like I said before, there's those 80-20 skill sets, the ones that if you may only have three skills, Aaron, and the guy in the next cubicle or the woman in the next office might have 10 skills, but if you can sell business, you could do good engineering and you can network, I don't care what the other people could do, you're going to get promoted. That's why these are the key skill sets. Right. Okay. That does make sense. I hope that was helpful for you, Aaron. I think there were great questions. I appreciate you sending them in. What I'd like to ask you to do, Aaron, is just stick on with me for a few more minutes here and we'll jump into the Take Action Today segment and wrap this up. Yeah, no problem. All right, now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And today I'm speaking with one of our listeners, Aaron, and we're going to kind of wrap up the conversation. And I got a couple of questions for him. And I think are going to help you out quite a bit. But before we jump into that, I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. 
engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FEPE or SE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code COACH at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. All right, so I'm back here with one of our listeners, Aaron from Australia, who's on the podcast today. We went through some of his questions in the main segment of the episode, but now to kind of wrap this up, I want to ask Aaron a question. And Aaron, the question that I have for you is, you've had some good experience in your career, even though you're young. seems like you've had some success. You're a sharp, productive engineer. I would ask you, what has worked for you so far in your career? What has made some of the bigger impacts for you that you could share with our listeners? I think the biggest impact would be in the workplace itself. Try to do the culture within the workplace that people want engineers to sort of be a part of. And I think number one would be trying to be a part of that culture and build those relationships, not just with engineers, but with other people from your company. So whether in the automotive industry, that might be the mechanics or the people who run some tests for you. In my case, would be sort of build that relationship and sort of while this while you're working, have a bit of fun and build that relationship and that sort of comes back to your working environment. I think in some of my interviews, or sorry, my, my meetings with my supervisor, and I always bring up the fact that, you know, half my job is also building relationships within the workplace because things won't get done unless I have those relationships if I need them done as soon as possible. That would be the first thing. The second thing would be pretty much looking at my goals every morning. So I think halfway through this year, I sort of made a little goals poster and sort of reviewed them for probably five to 10 minutes before I went to work. And then I found that a, a great help that subconsciously that that was in my mind and what I needed to achieve in the long, short to long term. Finally, the last thing I would be was sort of keep trying to develop myself, whether that be professionally, personally, sort of just keep identifying things in my life where I'm sort of feel that I need to improve on and sort of go about trying to improve them every day and take small steps. So first Aaron said, which was interesting, I haven't heard this before, but is to really understand kind of the culture of your company and try to fit into that and build relationships with people in your company, which is excellent. And I know for a lot of engineers work in big companies and your inner company relationships can mean a lot. That's a great one. The second one Aaron mentioned was to review his goals every morning which is obviously I'm a huge proponent of that. That keeps you focused and on target, like we talked about a little bit in the episode. And then the third one was to always keep an eye on where you need to improve on and then take steps to improve. And that's another excellent one that is indicative of very successful people. I mentioned before that I'm rereading the book, The Five Laws That Determine All of Life's Outcomes, and I feel like I'm rereading it because I'm not great right now in measuring things and putting some measurements to what I'm working on to make sure that it makes sense and that it is my 80-20 task. So I'm trying to improve on that. Aaron, thank you for all the input that you gave here today. It's very appreciated. No, thank you. And I want to say thank you to your podcast as well. It's been a great help in sort of helping me to get where I am today as well. You know, all my, some of my success, if not all of it, is sort of duty of podcast and keeping me motivated to know that, you know, I'm not the early engineer out there trying these things and sort of trying to build a career path through 
the sort of entrepreneurship type of mentality that you take with your work. So I think that's been really helpful. So thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash creating value. That's all lowercase creating value, where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.